It's the year of the monkey. Um, <laughs> that's racist. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until you said that. Thanks. I know. Yeah. Actually, I just meant it as like the Chinese calendar, and now I'm awful. I'm like, you just really enjoy making it harder for you to edit this. I, it's episode. really bad. It's really bad. I just actually realized that that all of that is really bad. Um, yep. Super, super not great. Super not great. Um, and part of me just wants to leave it all in. But there's no redemption arc for you, Zeno. You're just a twat. <laughs> this is the Still Talking Podcast with Colton, Zeno, and myself, Brian. This is our Reverent Industry Podcast. And today we do everyone's favorite episode where Brian reads a bunch of press releases and pretends if they're real. Are they real? Maybe? Very topical and a year from now oh my god this yeah. this episode will come out three years from now and everyone will have to google it and be like oh my god they did lie about everything you know we're we're making fun of how topical it is but i bet you all, everyone already knows everything that we're going to read anyways <laughs> and by the oh, time yeah. this comes out it's going to be even worse so oh my god we're really selling it hard guys rob masters yeah. is already typing notes just to get back to us <laughs> And tell us how wrong we are about everything, which is the only reason I do this podcast. <laughs> is to be belittled by Rob Masters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird kink, So, but it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so, Zeno, uh, speaking of topical, you are surviving Tales of the Cocktail at this very moment. How the fuck are you doing? Uh, great. I'm just, uh, you know, cooking dinner in my house and treating it like no other time, really. Nice. Uh, that uh, you just survived a hurricane as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that's what he was going to go with. Was like, <laughs> no, no, I don't care yeah. about your weather situation in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, it's wet. Okay, surprise. No, I don't know about Tales of the Cocktail. You evacuated your home. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> this is a still talking update. It's wet in New Orleans. <laughs> news flash. News episode over. <laughs> Zeno sent us a bunch of photos of water in the street. <laughs> I did actually. I know uh, you did. It was actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Wait. So, how did you get out of that? Because the the water was almost three quarters of the way up your gate, right? Oh, so yes. it, it it drains. You know, that's the way it, it works. <laughs> I did not know that. There's a giant like cartoon plug in the street. And Zeno had to go out and pull it. It was. Pretty I had to dive, <laughs> dive through the garbage and watery garbage sewage water, and pull the giant plug, and then it whirlpools all down. Yep. Yeah. He single-handedly saved Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I, as far as Tales goes, I mean, I've been popping in and out at different things, but uh, mainly it's Denise, a girl that's uh, like her brand sales. I don't even know what you call her. Um. She's she's been going to most of the things. I'm just kind of going to a thing here and there. But it's nice to see some people. I mean, you know, Maggie Campbell was here, so I saw her Great. yesterday. Yeah, you guys were. Do, uh, uh, she was doing a rum panel. Was that right? Yeah, she's doing all kinds of stuff. She's. I mean, she's been. She told me that she's been doing Tales of the Cocktail for a long time now. I can't remember how many years she said. Yeah, she's but really anyway. active at Tales. Yeah, which is is good. I mean, I really do want some more of a, a producers and people, you know, when it's not the week before the DC fly-in, I want people to come like next year. Because I do think there's value and it's a different perspective. Uh, I mean, it is 
bartender and like, you know, hospitality industry driven, yep. but there's a lot to take away from that. So I, I, you know, it's been enlightening to me. Uh, I hate a lot of those things, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still enlightening. It's really exhausting, but you're right. Tails is one of those few industry experiences where you get, you get bartenders, you get wholesalers, you get producers, you get, you know, you, you get everyone, you get retailers. It's a really interesting kind of big picture conversation. And it, I mean, it's to steal one of Maggie Campbell's Instagram posts. It's about the people and it is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I had, I drank some great rums last night. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how far I've gone. I'm just taking it in stride. I have another event. I think I was supposed to go to tonight, but I'm doing this instead. So, so there's that. Is this the point where you expect us to show you any kind of gratitude? Because that's not. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. I expect less than nothing. (laughs) Great, great. Okay, well, I agree. I think next year we should all go to Tales, which by the time this episode comes out will be about a week before that Tales. So this is a great (laughs) call to action. We'll see you all there. This episode's going to come out real soon. And then we're going to do a live episode where we won't edit anything. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds awful. Whose fucking idea was that? Live from Mitch McConnell's office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to do that one. That's going to be real good. Like, everyone's giving Mitch a hand job. It's, <laughs> uh, it's like when uh, it's like you played Little League and you threw the bat up and everyone grabs it and the person on top wins. I was real Except scared. That sounds of- like just a game you play with your uncle. Except with a penis. I was yeah. real scared where this was going with the Little League analogy. Like, I did not want to know what kind of games you played, man. Whew. Uh, with that beautiful segue, talking about Mitch McConnell, uh, in our news segment, the first one is a couple events, including, uh, again, this ap- episode should come out right before or right about the time we are in D.C. for the ACSA Discus Public Policy Conference. That is July 22nd Woo! through the 24th. And essentially, we're going to walk Capitol Hill and yell at legislators and beg and plead and apparently give hand jobs to anyone who's interested in signing on board to extend FET for at least another year, hopefully longer, but probably just for a year. I don't want to have this episode be a hand job theme. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's already locked in place, man. Yeah, I felt like a, it was a really not even a funny, tasteless joke that I made, and now it's just going to ruin the whole episode. But... Yeah, I'm excited to go. Uh, I mean, I mean, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I am about the furthest thing from a politician that there could be. That's what they want. They want to yeah. talk to the, the common folk, the, the peasants. Now you just make, yeah, you make me sound like a hick. <laughs> oh, you got to have it like a piece of straw in your mouth and overalls. <laughs> you like, just walk in. Excuse me, my lord. <laughs> I would like more of the reduction. More of the if reduction. You hither, if you hither me, said reduction, my lord. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Well, I guess that's a good point. It, it doesn't sound like we know what we're asking for. So <laughs> I think we should listen to Margie yeah. very carefully. <laughs> it's So this will be, let's see, Colton, you've done one before? Or did yeah, you I only did the first one. Right. I and not, I've, dude, I missed the second one. I've done I've done the last two, so this will be my third. And it is pretty idiot proof. ACSA and Discus does a really good job of basically hurting us. You know, I mean we're I mean, I hate to say it, but we're props, and that's important. We're like super important props. We're bodies to be there in like 
you know, we actually walk into the offices of these legislators, you know, congressmen and senators, and sometimes we meet with them. Most of the time you just meet with their aides, but you basically just try and pack the room out and you showcase people that are actually job creators in their states and what this, you know, the, basically what the federal excise tax reduction does for their businesses. You just give them anecdotes. You talk about some of the stats you can ACSA and discus will give you, they'll feed you all the things you need to say, plus your just own personal anecdote. So they're going to do an orientation. We get to have some meetings with people. It's, it's a pretty good experience. And again, they're going to tell you kind of the key, the key strategy to get their attention. So it's pretty great. What is what is the dress code? I have an idea what I'm going to wear. Um, it is a banana costume, no underwear. But, uh, um, as long as it's tearaway, so you can really make that <laughs> statement at the end during your action, your call to action. So yeah. Listen, everything's tearaway if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> my my statement is always everything's tearaway if you're committed enough. But yeah, it works. Um, dress code is. Uh, Button up and then slacks. Usually, I mean, I've worn jeans before, jeans and like a you know a blazer. Um, I mean, I'm gonna wear a suit, but uh, I would say button up overalls. And yeah, yeah, something classy. Yeah, a Canadian tuxedo. Uh, I, they did a webinar this week. Uh, Jim Hyland, the lobbyist for ACSA, kind of gave a little mini introduction orientation, and someone asked that, and then someone followed up. Uh, it's gonna be real hot there. Can I wear like shorts? And I loved that he was as political as you, as a lobbyist could be. He's like, <laughs> probably best not to wear shorts. Let's stick with slacks or at least pants. I was very proud of him. Oh, man. Someone asked if they could wear shorts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that, oh, cool. yeah, so we'll be doing that. And yeah, the next podcast, we'll talk about that a lot. So hopefully that will continue oh, on. Great. <laughs> more exciting, yeah. more right. exciting Tax information. I, I totally just tanked the download numbers for the next episode. It's going to be great. Uh, all one, right. to zero. One, one to zero. One to zero. <laughs> all right. I found this event just for you guys. It's the International Rum Conference 2019 uh, taking place. You're a rum, motherfucker. <laughs> You're rum. We got to go tell them because I'm pretty sure no one there heard about this. Uh, <laughs> Biltmore Hotel in Coral Gables, Florida, September 25th through the 28th showcases 300 rums from around the world and apparently there's about 2500 attendees including distilled spirits industry management hotels restaurant trade bartenders rum enthusiasts from various countries so it almost sounds like kind of a mini tales in some respects but specifically for rum so so are we going uh yeah let's do this i mean we could do a the three of us could done we should do it. Yeah. I mean, Florida in August or September, that's actually not that bad. I would go then. Yeah. We can get some Zika virus. <laughs> Is that still Zika a virus now? cocktails. I feel like if anyone could bring it back, it's you, Zeno. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole uh, flesh eating bacteria thing going on down there now, too. God, you know how to sell a conference, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, if you want to go swimming and you have open wounds, <laughs> you should. You should do it in the very hot water. You know, <laughs> just just backpedaling for a second, the whole uh, uh, the whole DC fly in. I do love that we are the least controversial thing that will be flying into DC. Like considering <laughs> what's going on there in politics, I yeah. really appreciate that we're pretty mellow. <laughs> well, I mean, I am going to put a lot of my emotions. <laughs> You're going to have it actually custom tailored into your suit, so it's just on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Abortions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, if you thought this episode couldn't get any worse, listener. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, if you thought the handjob theme was bad. <laughs> right? Which is perfect because that segues into the next news item about lawsuits, which Xena will be getting soon. Uh, no, this one is Col- the one Colton found. It's a lawsuit filed against the Virginia Distilling Company. So on July 8th, the Scotch Whiskey Association filed a lawsuit against the distillery over what it claims to be false, misleading, and deceptive labeling of whiskey advertised and sold by Virginia Distillery under uh, under the brand name Virginia Highland Whiskey, according to the lawsuit. So this, as some listener may know, uh, the Scotch Whiskey Society is very protective of all things scotch and all of their brand names and associated highland lowland uh they don't like it when anyone infringes on that in any way so i'm not really surprised about this i am surprised it actually took this long because it's in the note all right here's here's why i think it took so long go they used to so the past few years as virginia was building up their whiskey stocks they were bringing in scotch and and rebarreling and, right. and we're very open about it, but rebarreling and, and bottling. Essentially, they were just a Scotch product, right? It was so good. They were yeah, they were just uh, uh, finishing uh, Highland Single Malt in uh, what was it in? It was like port barrels. Yeah, I think it's most. I think it's mostly port, but I think they're playing around. They have the port. They have the cider. They have a bunch of them. They had a couple different skews. Um, the port was the one I know a, that always a Chardonnay barrel. I think right. Um, it did really yeah, good at competition. The port was just their standard, I think. Yep. But so I think we've gotten to the point where they have some of their own juice that they're now blending in with that scotch. And that's where the Scotch Whiskey uh, Society came down and said, all right, hold on. Right. It's not a not purely cool. scotch product now. Yeah. And I'm not even mad about that because like, you know. That was the plan. I mean, yeah. right. That was that was the business plan as no, but I'm like, I'm not mad at the Scotch, you know, the Scotch Institute either. Like they, that's not Scotch. That's fine. Well, but are they, I are they advertising? I don't think they're advertising it as Scotch. They're saying it's Virginia Highland. And uh, I believe we that- talked about this before. If they're in a Highland, which I think Virginia has areas that are Highlands. Yeah. Should they be, should they be allowed to call it that? So country roads right so i think one of the other reasons this took a little while and i think i think you hit the nail on the head cold and they they weren't worried until they started mixing product but also i've I've known a couple anecdotal cases where the scotch whiskey uh, society has tried to do non-legislative um compromise with or with distilleries um there's one distillery i know of that essentially they said, hey, you can't use this name. The distillery basically said, hey, here's our case, why we think it's okay. We'll, we'll Basically, we'll make sure that at no point does it look like we're trying to impersonate a Scotch whiskey. So they never say Scotch. They never allude to that. They're very clear just about their locality. And they basically approved it and said, okay, you guys can do this. Uh, and it was actually a distillery in North Dakota. And so they allowed it. But they had to basically compromise and say, we'll never, ever allude to scotch in any way. I think the problem is this product originally had scotch on the label because it was. And I don't know. So what what it looks like it says is our label clearly indicates the source of our whiskey, stating whiskey from Scotland married with Virginia whiskey. That is right there is where they have. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. So if they take, and again, this is just us speculating. We have no idea what's actually in the lawsuit or what the behind the scenes negotiations have been. But I, I would guess if they took that off or they didn't talk about that, 
they basically didn't allude to scotch in any way, even as the base product, then they would probably be okay. Well, they'd thank God you gave you gave us that disclaimer because I'm sure listener <laughs> thinks like, oh man, I should really I know they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. These guys who yeah, talk right. about hand job every <laughs> five <laughs> seconds are really confident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's I I see both sides of that fence to be honest with you, and they are doing it a way that they named it. You know, it's Highland and they're using whiskey without the E and they're doing subtle things to get, you know, the uneducated consumer like, Oh, I like single malt scotch. Uh, And, you know, they look at a bottle and like, well, that's weird. Why would they call it Virginia? But they would just buy it. So I I, I can see both sides of the fence here. Uh, I'm interested in what their liquid is going to become though too. So. I mean, we've, we've been there. They have a, incredible facility i'm actually super excited to taste their homemade they have yeah they have my favorite mill yeah i've ever (laughs) like cereal number two right (laughs) yeah i I would be surprised if this Um, gets litigated in court i i would imagine at some point they'll settle us out of court and figure some sort of compromise hopefully i mean you never know yeah it'll probably just be a label disclaimer change yeah Yep. All right. But it'll have it'll have ramifications for anyone, you know, down the road who does something similar. Right. right exactly. So segueing on in terms of Scotland, uh, I don't mind throwing out uh, one of these press releases to Glen Karen because they'll never advertise or sponsor us anyway because my wife inadvertently called one of the owners a hobbit. So I feel pretty confident <laughs> we don't have to worry about a conflict of interest here. <laughs> Yeah. Really? That is amazing. Yeah, we Can can't. We just I, talk I, I should actually that. get her on here. Both <laughs> Ashley and Amanda actually uh, inadvertently doubled down on the Hobbit thing. He is not a very short man, but it's enough that they made some sort of reference to Harry Feed and him being a Hobbit. Um, he took it like a gentleman <laughs> and called them bitches, I think. No, he didn't actually. He was really sweet. Uh, no, the guys <laughs> at Glencairn are really funny. We know we're, we're all friends with Martin Duffy. He's kind of the, what is he, the brand ambassador or the one of the head guys over here for Glencairn? He's the only, he's the only yeah. guy in the yeah, United States. And Glencairn's interesting because they're yeah. like a pretty huge, you know, drinks glass manufacturer, but they don't really advertise with anyone. They just do a lot of like trade outs for glasses and stuff. So it's interesting. But this, this uh, press release came across and I did think it was interesting just to throw out some numbers. Um, let's see. Scotch family or a Scotland based family business reveals 15 years of consecutive global growth with over a third of its business now in the U S. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, looks like of the 14.2 million worldwide sales in 2018, the U S market now is worth 33% at over 5 million a year, up 12% since 2017. Uh, apparently there's over 65,000 Glencairn glasses are now sold per week globally. Holy shit. So there you go. Some random glass stats. I'd love to see I'd love to see their growth trajectory compared to popularity of whiskey. Projectory? Did you say projectory? That was the most amazing word. Is that not a word? I'm pretty sure it just is that not a word? There's a there's a trajectory. No, projectory. I'm pretty sure. We just designed our next t shirt. That was amazing. (laughs) Projector. The projectory of this book podcast is the suit. Um, <laughs> right next to Zeno's drain in New Orleans. Uh, that's, I knew, I mean, they've been gaining popularity mm-hmm. for forever. Um, 
It is my glass of choice. I use Glencairn almost. The, I mean, water, day. juice, soda, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Again, guys, we've already established they're never giving us money, so we can quit kissing their ass. <laughs> Kombucha. I do gotta get my booch on. Uh, all right, let's see. We're, we're going all news all day. This is just a news podcast. I hope everyone's cool with that. All right, I got some uh, direct-to-consumer news, two pieces. We'll start with the one that... Uh, is kind of interesting. It's basically, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just throw it out there. It's like the QVC of booze. Uh, Spirits Network launches innovative new channel for spirits connoisseurs. Have you guys seen this one? Yeah. Did you guys look up what a monthly subscription is? What channel is it? No. What is it? It's a new venture from NBC. Yeah, 17. TV. Yeah, that's what Obviously. I was asking. <laughs> yeah, what channel was it? Like 62? <laughs> Like, is it yeah. is it the squigglies and it's late at night and I got to be quiet? You, you 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 don't know how like TV and online works anymore, do you, Zeno? What's online? <laughs> it's online. It's it's streaming. It's it's called an OTT service, which is over the top. Which is wait basically over the top, like the amazing arm wrestling movie. <laughs> That's such a good movie. It won an Academy Award, didn't it? Definitely one of Stallone's best. I'm fairly, I'm, I'm fairly uh, certain. That it did in this <laughs> new segment. Uh, I'm sure I can wrestle up a press yeah. release later. I like what you this. did with the word wrestle there. It's very clever. <laughs> yeah. um, Thank all you. right, so really in all seriousness, that. what the hell is this that we're talking about? What, how, how, how is this value, uh, have value to me? Yeah, that's a good... Wait, wait, Colton, you, you said you know the monthly subscription. What is it? I mean, I think they have levels. The one that shocked me was that you could pay 99 a month for it. I believe it comes with bottles and probably Glencairn glasses. Oh, there you go. Now we know where the glasses are going. Yeah, 65 million. <laughs> so it's uh, launching in 2019. It's the first of its kind. They're claiming the first of its kind. Uh, shoppable entertainment combining award-winning premium content with proprietary click-to-buy technology available on OTT streaming TV platforms, mobile and online. I don't, I don't want to get political, but I'm just picturing this being the NRA TV thing that they have, just with booze instead of guns. Oh, I'm sure it is. Like you'll love this. So the mission, the the mission statement is discover by taste. That's it. So I'm pretty sure the key there is buy. So it's really like it, it like it really sounds like a QVC style. Like they'll probably have some cool content like spotlights. Um, they are working with a lot of people. They're partnering with people like uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, Flavian Disoblin. I'm totally butchering his name. He's at the New York Brandy Library in New York. He's one of the curators. Uh, they're working with Diageo. They're working with Discus. Um, uh, the president. Chris Wonger gave a shout out and talked a little bit about some of the work with them. So they've got, they're obviously reaching out to a lot of groups and obviously if they have Diageo, I'm not sure if Diageo is invested in this or not, but they're probably selling their products, which is going to, I wonder if that's where Marion Barnes went. That's what, when, when we got, when we saw those press releases, that was my first thought was it was going to be this. Um, Interesting. For $99 a month though. I mean, that's insane. Mitt Rodney, Mitt, Mitt Rodney, Mitt Rodney, better give me a hand job. Right. <laughs> Mitt, I don't know who Mitt Rodney is, but. <laughs> Zeno Jason's having yeah. a strong. Do you smell burnt yeah, toast right I now? I always sir? smell burnt toast. It's just what I smell like. Um, <laughs> Man, that is a weird Polish immigrant uh, reference right Mitt there. Mitt needs to get his mitts off of me um, or onto me for $99 a month. <laughs> 
Um, it's old. I have no idea what that actually looks like. I want to say that there probably are other levels. 99 is the only one that I saw. I don't want to have listeners think that that is the only way you can be a part of this network. Well, it sounds like a lot of fluff and buzzwords and there's no nothing there's nothing really tangible that it's providing. I really want to know how they're doing the actual direct to consumer. Like when you order something, do they have set retail locations you can go pick it up from? Like how does that work? Are they going to direct ship to your door but only certain states? You have to move like, to I, a I state. Yeah, that allows it. Uh, yeah, that's the part I'm most curious about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dig some resources in that because I'm I'm curious about that. They've obviously put a lot of money behind this, at least based on this press release with all their buzzwords. Um, I mean, it would be great. It would be great if they had sort of History Channel style. How did this get made? Shows right where they just go into distilleries and do that'd be awesome. Deep dives into you know whatever. That would be great. The question is like how. <laughs> How separate will the content be from like the advertised spirits? Yeah. You know, is it just, is it going to be a really cool, like you said, historical deep dive or is every 30 seconds, are they going to be holding up the bottle, you know, with flashing, you know, flashing the code to buy, you know, some shitty advertorial thing, like still talking podcast, which we can only hope to be someday. Yeah. Why, why they didn't approach us for a TV show is beyond <laughs> me. I don't get it. Everyone go lobby oh my for the Still Talking podcast to be on. I forget what this thing is called already, but we should be on it. Let's have a fly-in yeah, in, in DC for it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on Can it. I tell you guys, We're going to be on every Can channel. I tell you guys about that? Uh, so uh, Alyssa, she went on her Facebook for the first time in a long time, a couple months ago. And she was like, hey, I got this weird message. And it said, I understand you're married to, to Jason Zeno. She's like, Steve Zeno. Um, like, Do you think that he would be interested in a reality show around his yes. And it was like, she saw this message like months later than this, late, this person had posted it to her. And I was like, well, no, but also yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds awful. Like, is it going to be chopped distiller? Like, are you fun. are you about to tell us you're going to be on a reality show? Did you bury the fucking lead? Like we should have led with this. No, I mean I'm definitely not going to be on it because my wife is a loser. And <laughs> <laughs> also, what kind of network like approaches your wife first? Like, <laughs> well, that's what's weird. I'm like, like I mean, obviously, I don't have a Facebook. I don't. I'm not really active on social media. Um, but I have a LinkedIn. So you don't have a footprint. You're basically. A I have a LinkedIn. I'm an apparition of a human being in many ways. <laughs> oh, no one uses LinkedIn, man. That's, that's not even. Yeah, I mean, I do, so fuck off. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn and Reddit. That's where he keeps up with his high school friends. Yeah. One of them is for, <laughs> one of them is from for my porn consumption. Yeah. You guess it's LinkedIn. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I'm gonna have to cut that. That is not tasteful. <laughs> Nope. No, that, that long. See, it's great because anyone who does listen and is like friends with you on LinkedIn is going to question, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is yes. I mean, uh, it's, yes, it's LinkedIn. It definitely is. It's actually what gets my goat is the LinkedIn as a whole. It's the system <laughs> that really gets me going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, this is good podcast. I have no idea with that. I'm excited. To me, you say QVC. It feels like it's just going to be a commercial. It's like a pay subscribe commercial where you buy more things yeah i i don't i don't i mean the way they're describing it i don't see it as any other way but who knows you know we should 
maybe we'll uh, make Colton subscribe to it. And, and yeah, I don't want to dump all over it. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, no, that's like we're obviously. No, they could still from... offer us a TV show. So <laughs> <laughs> after this rousing endorsement, they definitely should. All right. So in terms of direct to consumer, I've got one more platform that uh, kind of bounced out. It's Tipsy. Tipsy brings Saki uh, DTC. So they claim to be the first digital platform to bring premium sake directly to U.S. consumers straight from Japan via an innovative storefront and monthly sake subscription club. So it sounds very similar in some respects without all the media, (laughs) but they've got a subscription club. Uh, They say they're featuring over 200 premium SKUs. They're aimed at educating consumers on different styles and flavors uh, with a monthly shipment of three distinct 10 ounce bottles. Um, it's kind of interesting. It says, by way of close importer relationship, Tipsy skipped the unnecessarily long supply chain of the three-tier system that currently causes quality issues on store shelves and high markups at restaurants. Them some fighting words with wholesalers right there. So they're they're swinging. It's it's interesting. Uh, apparently, they're claiming that uh, Saki has over 400 million in market share. So they want to grow that. But it's very specific, very targeted. And uh, I don't know, it's, it kind of continues that trend of online direct-to-consumer platforms. I'm curious how they're doing it, bypassing the system. Should be interesting to see what happens there. It's the Urasaki. Um, <laughs> Urasa- uh, yeah, 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 let's do that. Okay, I feel comfortable. I was getting tired of rum. Um, <laughs> we just switched the year halfway through. I, I love that a We lot. live by a different calendar. <laughs> <laughs> we talk, <laughs> it's the year of the monkey. Um, <laughs> That's racist. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until you said that. Thanks. I know. Actually, I just met it as like the Chinese calendar and now I'm awful. I'm like. You just really enjoy making it harder for you to edit this. I, it's episode. really bad. It's really bad. I just actually realized that, that all of that is really bad. Um, yep. Super, super not great. Super not great. Um, and part of me just wants to leave it all in. But there's no redemption arc for you, Zeno. You're just a twat. <laughs> well, that you have to keep. <laughs> you definitely have to keep that part. That's the leader. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a terrible name. I'm so glad name. we entertain ourselves. Tipsy is a terrible name. Yeah. Well, and doesn't, I mean, isn't there another one? Is it Drizzly? There's Drizzly. Drizzly oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? No, I think it's Drizzly. Yeah, Drizzle. Drizzly. Drizzle was the company on Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea if these two companies are associated. I didn't see that in the press release. Also, I didn't read it that close because you know, why would I actually do any research? I love that there's a lot of hatred for the three tier system. I do. I, I am a fan of that. I do appreciate that. The more and more we talk about, it, people are finding workarounds to help right. the consumer and the producer. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to get a distributor on and interview them sometimes. Cause it is, especially on the producer side, it's hard to find a lot of arguments why it's, why they're useful. I mean, it oh, feels there's like- definitely some, there's some reasons there's, I'd say the biggest one would be distribution. You know, there's well, well <laughs> yeah. distribution, but yeah. also just like unpaid debts and having to deal with collecting it every single bar that you sell spirits to true but i think you i'm know, more most, talking most about... distilleries don't have the the time for that but a distributor where that's their job makes it i think i'm easier. mainly talking about like the government mandated regulated side of it where they basically force you 
into those relationships. But I see what you're saying. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely force you in those. And that's a tough, I mean, we could do a whole episode on how to choose the right distributor for you. And we will get, We'd get it wrong. Yeah, we provide zero value <laughs> for that. But, but we could do an episode about yeah. it. We, we, will, we will go ahead and put that episode on the schedule after we do 18 more FET episodes, just like <laughs> listener one. So I think we just need to get into like, you know, uh, the Homestead Act tax. <laughs> like, yeah. Start talking about really obscure tax laws. Uh, in all, all right. seriousness, though, the distributor question, I mean, it, I think about it all the time, right? It, even if you're expanding, if even if it's it, the right one in your state or the right one for your spirit or the right one for the size of your production, it's a very difficult decision. And I have nothing to provide of quality to help you make that decision. <laughs> But I mean, the fact that I'm not saying there's zero value with them. And I, I like distributors. I have many relationships with many different distributors now. And, um, uh, but at the same time, uh, they are there because they're mandated, right? And, and then you have the whole control state thing, which is a totally different beast. So where the state is your distributor, where it's even more of a stranglehold on you. Well said. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was letting you say your piece, man. It was good. Yeah. It was nice. No, I mean, I, I mean I'm going to cut this because I fucking hate distributors. I hate every one of them. And I wish they didn't exist because they're fucking thieves and they're a middleman and it's bullshit. Yeah. And they up the prices of our spirits for no reason. Right. Now there's our lead in. <laughs> that so, would be a great episode. But just make sure you mash that with Zeno's a twat. He ups the prices of our spirits for no reason. Oh my god, that would be the greatest supercut ever. You know what? You guys can just fucking edit it however you want. How about that? <laughs> Fine. Apparently Zeno wants no creative notes. Fine. We get it. We get it. We're just going to shut up. Back to the news. In association news, Discus continues its onward momentum of trying to basically uh, take over the world. They're actually doing a ton of stuff. I'm Part of me is a little nervous, but also really impressed with the stuff they're doing. Uh, they have been doing for a while. They have a summary of state regulations on distilled spirits. But what they've done is it's a new interactive summary of state laws and regulations relating to distilled spirits. The announcement marks a modernization of their longstanding summary. Uh, publication, which is housed behind the organization's new member-only digital resource hub. So essentially, they've part of their membership drive. They're doing this, you know, it's a hub that anyone who's a member of Discus gets access to this, and it's up. It's digitized. It's searchable. It sounds really interesting. And those no, state it's laws, awesome. it's you do it's have laws and to- laws and regs for dummies. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like and Discus has the resources and the reach to actually do this well. And I'm really impressed with how they're going out of their way to try and add value to their membership. You know, obviously, I think to a certain degree, Discus is maybe stepping on some toes of some of the other groups, but I also appreciate that they're trying to bring a lot of value to what they're doing because I was honestly a bit skeptical of their membership drive itself. But seeing stuff like this makes me reconsider and think, okay, yeah, these guys are actually pushing some interesting stuff out there. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on those? I My thought is this is like the third or fourth episode in a row that we've been talking about Discus. Because they're out there. Yeah. They're, they're pushing for craft. They, they're pushing real hard for craft. They're talking to everyone. They're making partnerships. Like, And I've been a bit of a critic of Discus in the past because I have been concerned about 
their motivations towards craft, you know, the smaller producers. And I'm not saying they've completely won me over, but I appreciate their open dialogue and the fact that they really are, they're at least paying attention, listening. So there's, there could be some hope. I don't know. Yeah. that I, I was very impressed when Chris Swanger, that's his name, Chris, right? Right. Yeah. When he, he came, I, everything that he had to say, and you know, maybe I'm an easy sell too, but it sounded like there's a lot of things that can happen at all levels and they're really, they are making a huge push for craft, but it's, it just seems like it's coming from a good place. And I encourage everyone to make their own decision on that. Yeah. But it's that's how it seemed to me. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Like when they were just doing kind of a big push membership drive, I was a little skittish, but seeing them actually putting resources out there, I think that again, that's going to win over some people. And at the very least, if they're providing that at a more affordable rate, that's a huge benefit to the industry. And I'm always a sucker for education. So if they're putting more education out in front of people, I'm all for it. Plus they were adamant about supporting the proper uh, trajectory of channel 17. Yes. <laughs> we are making it official. <laughs> it is now channel 17. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> failing onto that, there's one more discus note here. This one, uh, they've basically helped put this together. Uh, the world spirits association, I'm sorry, I totally fucked that up. It's the world spirits Alliance, which is probably James Bond's next villain in the <laughs> subsequent movies. That's what it sounds like. It is a, uh, the World Spirits Alliance, spirits producers and producer organizations formally unite as the World Spirits Alliance. It's spirits producers uh, across the world join forces today in Geneva, definitely a Bond villain, for the formal creation <laughs> of the World Spirits Alliance, the WSA, an international trade association dedicated to representing views and interests of the spirit sector at the international level. Following many years of successful cooperation, members dedicated to set up a dedicated to set up a dedicated formal organization to act as the common global voice for this distilled spirit sector. Uh, so yeah, they're basically, their goal is to be the acting representative partner um, with international organizations such as the world trade organization, the world health organization and the U United nations. So they're trying to set themselves up as a pretty big deal. So it looks like it's a basically a combination of, uh, there's a whole list here, but it's got everyone from Scotch Whiskey Association, Association of Can uh, Canadian Distillers. Uh, there's produce, well, there's brand companies like Diageo, Pernod Ricard, Brown Foreman, of course, Distilled Spirits Council. Uh, there's a bunch of them here. So it's that's kind of interesting. I, just, I think it's so weird that it's, you have all these organizations as partners and then also single companies. Yeah, but that's not that surprising. Yeah, I know they're a gigantic the sheer amount of fucking money. Yeah. yeah, like they're there to support their interests because they do business in every single one of these countries. So it's weird in terms of a like a, an actual association. That seems strange, but I also get why they're doing it. Sure. Like, I just think it makes it harder when you include companies like that. I think it makes it harder to sound non-biased and an organization for the people or for the industry more than just right yeah it doesn't seem very inclusive sounds like corporate that. chill yeah exactly. it, it, it would have made uh, yeah i mean this is just three idiots talking on a podcast but it, it it would have sold better in terms of like goodwill if it was just non-profit groups i mean because basically you look at that and you're like okay 
You have the Scotch Whiskey Society or Association, which you know Discus is a part of. You also have Discus, yep, which you know Diageo is a part of. Right. You've and, got Brown you know, same with Brown Foreman. You've got Remy. Right. You got basically all these all these giant companies that have double say because they're already kind of not dictating, but they already have sway in what these other associations are are putting forward, and then they're saying their own piece as well. I think the only one that on that list that seems slightly out of the loop would be the Spirits of New Zealand, because I assume it's all home distillers. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it probably is. Like, like ourselves, but. When you have others like Japanese Spirits Liquor Makers Association, the Asia, uh, Asia Pacific International Wine Spirits Alliance Limited. Um, so there's obviously they're tying in some international groups, which is good. Right, but we don't know who those groups represent. Jason so, Zeno. Yeah, I, I bet Diageo is part of those groups. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. There, so they're there just be a certain, doubling, certain tripling up. Bias. Yeah. 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 Fucking burn Diageo. Yeah. <laughs> so all we know for sure is they're definitely coming for Bond. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I'm super excited. It's gonna be a great uh, movie. I don't mean that about Diageo either. Um, yes, we love them. Sorry, sorry, Diageo. I know you're listening. We really do. Oh, yeah. yeah. John, John Diaggio. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Mr. Diaggio. <laughs> I'm real sorry. <laughs> I'm on a first name basis with him. Uh, John. JD is what I say. <laughs> All right. Moving on. I had some product stuff, but I'm going to skip it because I don't want to talk about it now. I changed my mind. Wait. <laughs> no, what? no, I don't want to. <laughs> it's juicy product stuff. Can we take a, a, a short little. Uh, I want to talk about that. I'm drinking bourbon cream. Again. God, you're such um, a bourbon cream slut now. <laughs> it's a different bourbon. You shouldn't. You shouldn't talk like that. Right? It is 2019. Um, hey, whoa, whoa! You're the one making slut like a gender specific. It is open to any. Did, did I make her gender specific? I just said it's 2019, and what I want to do with my body, I'm entitled to do with my body. And it's to put a, a upsettingly amount. Of that is an absolutely non-controversial um, statement. So we're all on board. Uh, no, I still. So uh, this is that Liberty Pole. Thanks again, guys, for that. Hey, they sent me bourbon cream a while back, and I I finally opened a bottle, and that's what I was drinking tonight. I felt like tonight was the night to open it. I had it when I was there. Uh, not that you guys listened to that interview, <laughs> but. I had it when I was there and all my friends, which were like four, um, <laughs> that were, they were with me. They went and visited the distillery too. They actually all bought bourbon cream. Cause they're like, shit, it's really good. I'm like, I yeah. know it's the worst. It's all. Well, wait, can can I go ahead and back there. up and point out the absolute fucking injustice of the fact that I'm the one that pushed the fact that bourbon cream is delicious. You're the one. Zeno. Nobody sends it no to you. No one sends me <laughs> shit. Zeno's sitting here because you're already on. You're already on board. Yeah. They don't have to sway you, bastards. I've changed my mind. Bourbon cream <laughs> is absolute trash, and until someone proves me wrong, uh, I I think that. So I think we talked about this in the interview too. I, they were like, "Oh, we say they had this theory that I'm a closet bourbon cream guy," <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm really not. I, I find it silly." Um, but yeah, now I like it. So. Don't send me bourbon cream. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, now Colton's going to get it all because he's the quiet one. They're like, oh, we really got to He's the <laughs> yeah. one that doesn't talk it up. He didn't, yeah, he's not saying anything about bourbon cream. <laughs> you better get him some bourbon uh, cream. Uh, I've actually moved on from the bourbon cream to a ricea, uh, which is tasty. Um, it has a really weird bottle. Nice. Like Can it. you describe it? Can anyway. you describe it for radio? Uh, yeah. The bottle? Make it sensual. Uh, you can't no. Okay. No, well, I fuck. can't. Uh, that fell yeah. flat. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I cannot. I am not capable of doing this. Moving on to more interesting topics like the TTB. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Woo! These are my favorite headlines to read. So buckle up for this uh, this extravaganza of... Oh, there's sensory. a bunch. Oh my God, there is. So temporary voluntary disclosure program for alcohol beverage wholesalers and importers to address unreported changes in control or proprietorship. I totally butchered that one. Uh, essentially, this has nothing to do with producers, actually. But I did think it was interesting that they were putting this out there. Through December 31st of 2019, the TTB is basically offering a temporary voluntary disclosure program for wholesalers and importers who've undergone change in control uh, or a change in uh, proprietorship, but fail to file a new permit application within 30 days of the change. So that is a law with the TTB. If you do not file that change of ownership or control, you can get a, you can actually lose your license. And there've been people that have lost their license because of that. So this is kind of interesting. I'm wondering why they're doing it. I don't know if there's a huge number of importers or wholesalers. It says, it says right there in the article to address the significant number of wholesalers and importers. So basically, you know, it's bad when the government basically says, you know what, we're not going to collect any fines. We just don't have the time to do this. (laughs) Just, just tell us. I mean, so that's I mean, such is that a bad or is that good? not not to <laughs> knock distributors again, but that's such a distributor thing that no one would take over a DSP you know, distillery and not report right. it or just be like, oh yeah, it's cool, I own this now, I don't have to do anything about the paperwork right. though. Yeah, and distributor <laughs> mergers happen all the time too. Those kind of things happen. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they're responding yeah. to. Yeah. So that's I thought that was interesting. TTB did that. Uh, this is another one that uh, they're highlighting in their newsletter they put out. TTB proposes the elimination of the uh, most standards of fill for wine and distilled spirits. Uh, yeah, I'm for it. This would be pretty fantastic. So on Monday, July first. Uh, uh, they published two deregulatory proposed rules in the Federal Register proposing to eliminate all but a minimum standard of fill for wine containers and all but a minimum and maximum standard of fill for distilled spirits containers. Uh, the term standards of fill is used in the TTB regulation to refer to the amount of liquid in the container and or uh, and our current regulations prescribe certain specific standards of fill for wine and distilled spirits containers sold within the U.S. So that would be... 403.4 milliliters. That's what I want to say. You could do it. Yeah. And it's essentially, they're, they're flat out saying the proposals are intended to uh, eliminate unnecessary regulatory requirements and provide consumers broader purchasing options. So that's for a government organization to actually try and make the job easier. That's pretty fucking great. Yeah, but what the real, what the real benefit behind it is, is it'll make it, if, you know, a craft distillery only bottles in 700 milliliters exporting is going to become a hell of a lot easier because it's, it's the same bottle. You don't have to go find a second bottle. It's a really, you know, warehouse that and and everything. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's good for the consumer too. Like 
when I, you know, when I was just in France and there's all the, you know, 500 centiliters is how they talk about it, right? But like, you know, or, so, or 50 centiliters, so 500 mils, right? It's That would be huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, that, that's a nice, you cannot spend a fuck ton of money and get a decent amount of spirit to have a couple of drinks. And like, it makes more affordable, higher age spirits approachable to your pocketbook because you could do it in different volumes. And I thought I was like, Oh, that, this is nice. Right. Like I don't have to commit to this Calvados that, you know, tastes great and at the distillery, but who knows what's going to taste like when I get home, I can buy a 500 mil or. Right. Exactly. Uh, and the producer's probably making percentage wise a little bit more of a profit off selling a 500 mil. So it's, you know, it's just benefit for right. everyone. So, right. Now, we can talk about the maximum. I don't know why they're going to stop it at 1.75. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not 1,000? <laughs> 50 centiliters. <laughs> well, the good news is, Colton, 500 centiliters. you have till August 30th to go ahead and put in your comment. So that's the oh, end good. of the comment period for those two proposed <laughs> yeah. rule changes. Uh, okay, in completely self-serving news, people that we actually work with and love a whole lot, High Proof Creative. High Proof Creative was named Best Design Agency in the Spirited Magazine 2019 Reader's Poll. Now, can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about what they do? High Proof Creative? <laughs> yeah, I haven't no, heard of them I, I believe Zeno knows a lot about them. Zeno, what do you know about High Proof Creative? Uh, they help us. God, your advertising voice the word sucks. out the good word. I, I'm a preacher. Um, actually, I was just thinking about how every time we say "high proof creative," we do this high pitch thing. Like, <laughs> that's how we. That's how we indicate to listener that we're doing a spot. Come on, it's part of our transparency. I, they are great at uh, analytics of internet. Um, they will direct you to channel seventeen. If you're yeah. channel 17 and you want people, they can help you put together to press releases that I can go for, uh, uh, go through and totally butcher at a later date. Plus, plus, they're very good at design. I hear. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a social media really per se, but if you had a person, if you had a personal social media, you would hire High Proof Creative to curate it for you. Yeah. Or if you know you had a business that you actually thought was reputable and wanted people to find out yeah, about it, exactly, it might be a good idea. Yeah. I, actually, it was a really good part. I'm I'm sorry, sorry, high proof creative. I did it right. Yeah. So, so congratulations to Karen and High Proof Creative for that award. Yeah. That's pretty bad. And thanks. I mean, they have stuck with us for a long time, and mm -hmm. we provide them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're a write off in terms of just karma. For them, that's the only thing I can come <laughs> yeah. up with. Karma write-off. You like that? That's good. They're like, well, yeah, we're like a half-legged dog. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, are all four legs half? Or like, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but one leg and it's a half leg. <laughs> no, it's one leg, it's a half leg, and it's in the center of its You don't body. know how dogs work, do you? <laughs> I know how this dog works. Oh, beautiful. All right. So, final news. 
These are a little bit older, but uh, they're very pertinent to our industry. I just labeled it Apocalypse Now because all the rickhouses are falling apart or burning, apparently. I got, you know how many text messages and emails I got that day? Hey, did you hear about Jim Bain's warehouses? <laughs> I don't know why I read text messages in that voice. But I did, and I said, yes, actually, I did hear about it. So I, I, you know, I kind of was like... First thing I was like, is everyone all right? That's yeah. called my friends. Yeah. So for a listener who doesn't know, which pretty much in this industry should know now, but uh, 45,000 barrels of Jim Beam bourbon burn in a blaze in Kentucky warehouse. Uh, one rickhouse caught fire and then it spread to a nearby building. Apparently it was two rickhouses that eventually burned. Uh, no injuries. And they originally speculated it might have been started by lightning strike. So do you have any other insider information, Zeno? There you go. Uh, it was all young whiskey. So all but the whiskey, here's what I all the whiskey somebody we know made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His entire tenure <laughs> is <Yeah>. now gone. <laughs> I I know I made that joke already too, but I I also said when that when someone told me that I was like, well, you know, all whiskey was young whiskey once. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't mean it has less value. Like, I mean, technically, it does have less value. It does though, because I mean, that's age, the exact definition yeah, yeah, of value yeah, when it right. comes to whiskey. <laughs> right, but you know, who knows? You could have had the best whiskey ever. Is that where we're telling people now? Right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, that's what I'm telling people. I mean, it's not accurate, supported by Beam Suntory, or even supported by this podcast, but it's what I'm saying. Um, I also, I also thought it was pretty odd that you know they had to let it burn out. I didn't think it was odd. I think it's like they had to. They couldn't hose it all down and put the fire out because right, they would because contaminate the water with all the alcohol. Which they're still, which they're still going to get fined for for killing fish. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's a, I mean, yeah, it's a, it was a big deal. Um, oh, apparently, it smelled amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. And for the record, it wasn't like at the two main plants where the warehouses are around them. Offsite in different parts. Yeah, it looked like it was outside of Lexington or something. Well, and then uh, so last month there was also a situation with OZ Tyler, right? They had uh, Rickhouse. Didn't didn't another Rickhouse collapse? Yes, but also no one was injured. Uh, no employees were injured. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. But yeah, I believe it says uh, warehouse containing over nineteen thousand barrels and Rickhouse H holding forty five hundred barrels, but only a small fraction were damaged. So that's also another plus. Yeah, the a lot of those warehouses out there. I mean, there's a big movement. They're replacing a lot of the wood. I, I, we might have talked about it before. The powder post beetles. Yeah, Did we ever yeah. Talk about that? Well, yeah, I think we talked about it when uh, uh, 1792 collapsed the first time. Yeah, right. So it's you know it's uh, it's a real issue, and it's you know because those beetles apparently they're dormant for a long time, and then once they awaken, it's like a phoenix. Um, it just, it just annihilates. I don't know what I'm saying. It just, like, it just chews up all the wood. And you're talking about old dry wood that's being eaten by essentially termites, termite-like creature. Yeah, it's, it, they're dangerous. Um, so I hope that moving forward, you know, everyone in Kentucky is safe. I know, you know, a lot of people that go in and out of those warehouses every day and spend, you know, eight, ten hours a day inside those places so it's a dangerous place it's a dangerous job so i hope that everything's all right you know one one big issue i i'm gonna wildly speculate on with this is that it's gonna really hurt 
insurance premiums for craft distillers because uh, you know the insurance companies are like oh my god all these rickhouses are falling down anyone who ages whiskey barrels it's too much for us we need to you know s skyrocket your premiums when most of the craft distilleries aren't set up the same they don't have old wood buildings with dormant phoenix beetles lying around <laughs> as the best descriptor i've ever heard in my life <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i've i've heard rumors of like up to a hundred percent spikes in premiums coming because of the rash amount of incidences of of uh rick houses falling down well that's a depressing way to the end of the episode thank you that's my final thought guys uh, <laughs> final thoughts final <laughs> thoughts everything sucks <laughs> Final news. We already did. You said final news. Like, what else do we have? Um, no, that's it. We're done. Yeah. My final thought is uh, my projectory, it will be in DC. In a yeah. Few yeah. Very excited to see y'all. Yeah. I projectory us uh, being the stars of Channel 17. Oh, it's going to be so great, guys. Wow. That really hurt my ear. I don't know what you dropped, but thank you. Yeah, did did you just uh, buy a new symbol? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I undid my fly. <laughs> it, just, uh, oh. it just fell out. <laughs> I thought that's like, I thought like you bought a symbol online <laughs> and when you put it in a cart, that was the noise that your computer made. It's, uh, it's Prime Day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Good episode. I love you, dummies. Yeah.